Good morning, one and all. As always, it's a pleasure to be able to come together and to be able to uh, study together from God's Word. And uh, we're going to be continuing in the book of uh, Acts, uh, the first chapter. And last week we studied about the um, verses 4 through 8 about the Holy Spirit being promised and uh, going through then uh, where Jesus said, had said in verse uh, 5 about uh, uh, verse 4 and then into verse 5 about that um, to wait for the promise which he said you have heard from me for John truly baptized with water but you uh, shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then continuing on into verse 7, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive the power uh, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and into the end of the earth. And here we, uh, we're seeing again... Uh, just as a refresher about uh, the the gospel being uh, preached, that it was going to be uh, preached first in Jerusalem and then in, in Judea and Samaria and then uh, unto, unto the uttermost part of the earth. And uh, we had some discussion about that and dealing with uh, uh, even referring back to Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, about that, um, again, the, um, the gospel needing to be also preached to the Gentiles. Um, and then we uh, then also referenced Luke 12, 11, uh, 11 and 12, where uh, Jesus also uh, spoke about the Holy Spirit um, in the synagogues, and in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, about a new birth of the, uh, with, uh, uh, where Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus. And that uh, through that, there would, um, uh, with the gospel, that uh, as one would be, uh, as a child, be born but with the, uh, uh, the gospel and the acceptance of the gospel being born again, a transfer, transformation that would take place. Um, and that everybody would be born of the Spirit through that, uh, that gospel. Um, and then uh, we also refer to, then in chapter, uh, verse, verse 8, about those three periods of the gospel being, uh, being presented and the spread of the gospel about the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verses uh, 16 through 20. And we'll be referencing verses 19 and 20 in a little bit here. Um, but uh, just wanted to uh, bring up uh, this as review. And if there was any additional uh, comments questions that anyone might have. Okay. 
Frank, I'm going to be asking you about what we had talked about because I can't remember <laughs> after class last week. But, uh, but before we get into that, um, I'd like to like us to go ahead and uh, start with a word of prayer. And Mike, uh, would you uh, please lead us in prayer? I guess one of the other things that I wanted to uh, to bring up was that uh, in the um, the apostles, uh, as a reminder, the uh, what the post the apostles' mission was to uh, to preach about remission of sins and repentance, not necessarily in that order, but uh, but re- uh, repentance and remission of sins and. We're going to be seeing that throughout the book of Acts and, um, and where um, with that we referenced also First Peter or Second Peter chapter 3 verses uh, 10 through 13 about the, uh, the day of the Lord that we don't know when Jesus is going to return. We, we know he's going to be returning. We don't know when. And because we know because of the promise that we can read about, we have faith in, and we develop that faith. Um, but again, we don't know when uh, when that will be. Uh, but we know that in verse thirteen, nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look forward to new heavens and new earth, in which righteousness dwells. And that being in a uh, spiritual sense about where uh, righteousness dwells of the uh, the new heavens and the new earth. So, okay. all right, and then let's go ahead and begin. Then, if there's no other questions or, or comments, okay, uh, let's go ahead and uh, then uh, go on over to. Acts, the first chapter, verses 9 through 11. In uh, Acts 1, verses 9 through 11. Yes. Um, pick up where, where we, were, we were talking last week. After yes. Class. On uh, Acts 1 and verse 8, Jesus talking to the disciples says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come to you, or come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the world. Right. And, uh, my thought there was the remotest parts of the world was the then known world. Right. But even in today's world, these men are still witnessing for him because we have the written word and we have exactly what they were delivered to those around them as they traveled. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so. <clears throat> With that, you know, as we have God's revealed word that uh, of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and what was uh, that is used as a school teacher to us, and we have the New Covenant, the New Testament, that uh, is uh, composed of the Gospels, the Book of Acts, as a uh, that we consider a, a book of history. Of the beginnings of the uh, of Jesus Church that we are a part of, 
and then the various epistles, the letters that were written to the, the churches in the first century, and and, um, and then uh, the book of Hebrews, and then also the book of Revelation as a, uh, uh, a letter of encouragement uh, to the Christians, specifically in Rome at that time. Okay, So I don't want to delve too much into to the book of Revelation, but uh, for the uh, for the the New Testament, what we have, what, what um, Frank was just uh, reminding us of, into the uttermost part of the earth, that's what we have today, and it continues. Any thoughts or questions about that? Well, similar to what is said in John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. Mm-hmm. We have a recorded history of what takes place, but we don't have everything that took place. Right. Thank so, you. so you know, sometimes people worry about questions about how did the gospel get to some unknown island? It, God's capable of doing whatever He wants to do. We know in Romans chapter one yeah. that just through His creation, people could know that God exists, and we know that His word has been spread through various ways. Yeah. So, so Frank makes a good point because if you get to First Thessalonians chapter five. Uh, Paul says that this letter should be read to the brethren. And yet today, 2,000 years later, we read the same letter and we get the lessons from it. So as, as you and Frank both suggested, uh, there's more than enough information that we have going forward to know what we need to do. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes? To springboard kind of off of that point, if someone is concerned that maybe the gospel hasn't made it to some remote island, uh, maybe that's God telling you, hey, this remote island needs you to go there and spread the gospel. Fulfill your mission. Yeah. And, and where uh, uh, we can, through our daily interactions, be able to help spread the gospel through that. Thank you. Esther, one more point on yeah, that? Yeah, sure. We, we know in the book of Esther that 127 provinces that went from Ethiopia to India was the kingdom that existed there. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when we consider the world too, we, we limit where we know. I mean, history records, for example, that Thomas likely died in India. Uh, and we, don't, we don't think about that. That's not recorded. Now that's tradition, so we have no way of 100% certainty proving that. Yeah. But I'd suggest that these men took it all over the globe. And of course today, we, as Andrew suggests, mm-hmm. we have the same ability to, to spread it ourselves. Exactly. That all of us have access. And just think about how easy it is to have access to God's Word. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in different languages, in different versions. It's pretty impressive when you think of it that way, how, how spread it is. Right, yeah. I mean, uh, with God's Word, uh, since the, uh, the advent of the Gutenberg Press back in the 1500s, I believe, where they, the printing press, where then God's word was able to st- start being disseminated in, in written form for mankind. And where now, like, like Chris suggests, it's, it's been translated to just about every uh, known language. So, yes, Shane. One thing to think about, too, is the flip side of what we're talking about. Uh-huh. Even where the gospel was and has been preached, 
before and the past and even now, there are still people in those areas who do not know God. In that area, who have not learned God, who have not been taught God, but yet that area has had God back to it at some time. And due to whatever circumstances, you know, generations come up and maybe they've gotten away from God, so now it's not being taught at the home. And it's not being and now the world gets further away from God. So there's these areas all over the globe where the apostles have been and taught truth and the world has pushed God out of it. Even though it's been taught that now it has to come back and that's where our efforts are too. Because we have work that needs to be done right here for people who don't know truth. Even though it was taught how many times? How many decades? How many centuries since it's been taught? Mm-hmm. So I think that's one thing we can keep in mind too. Where the word of God has gone, it needs to stay and be continued to be taught because there are those people there who would have not been taught and refused to accept that kind of work as involved. Right. So as we uh, continue then um, and think about this, let's go ahead and uh, then uh, speak about uh, um, the the next section, verses nine through eleven. And uh, here it's uh, written: Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up. And we're talking about Jesus here. He was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. While also uh, said, or who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. And in this passage here, we're talking about Jesus' ascension. Ascension into heaven. This is after, uh, at the, the end of the 40 days, after he was resurrected from the, from the dead and uh, from his crucifixion. And... Um, and came back and spoke with his apostles, made many, many appearances to other people, um, not only uh, on such as the, the road to Emmaus with the two uh, disciples traveling there, but then uh, to his apostles. And what we can see here, this uh, uh, Jesus' ascension is shown in, it's not shown. Let's start it that way. It is not uh, uh, spoken of at the end of the uh, Gospel of Matthew or the Gospel of John. It is referenced in the uh, the Gospel of John in, in chapter six, where um, at about uh, uh, verse forty one through the end of the of. Uh, of John chapter 6 where Jesus is speaking about himself being the bread of life and in reference to um, to Moses 
and the manna that was given to the people of uh, Israel, uh, the, the Canaanites, sorry, uh, the Hebrews, as they were traveling out of uh, out of Egypt and were in the wilderness for 40 years, where uh, the where they ended up becoming uh, getting uh, food from heaven, manna, and where um, Jesus is likening himself to that manna. He uh, is saying that in this in that passage that while the Israelites received that manna, they are now dead, but that he provides uh, being the bread of life, that they are able to spiritually live forever. And and then he says uh, uh, in uh, John six verses uh, forty, sorry, John six verses sixty one and sixty two, where Jesus uh, is says to them, "Does this offend you?" Referring to having to to eat of his body and, and drink of his blood, the representation that we now have in observance of the Lord's Supper, the bread and the fruit of the vine. Does, it, does this offend you? To the, uh, that he's asking the Jews and his disciples. And we see that the, uh, the Jews were, were offended by this. They, they, they were thinking of a physical sense. And, and it's where the people listening to Jesus were then, um, they stopped. They, they followed him no more, it says. And so Jesus says here, does this offend you? What then, if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? Is it the spirit who gives life? The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Uh, who do not believe. And we see here that uh, that this is the better part of two years before he is. Uh, is crucified before these 40 days spending with his apostles where he is saying this and then we see in this passage where he is ascended um, there's also two parallel passages to this of uh, of Jesus ascension and that's in the uh, book of Mark as well as in the book of Luke at the end of those two uh, Gospels. And in Mark chapter 16, verses 19 and 20, Mark writes for us, So then after the, the Lord had spoken to them, he was raised up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. 
And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying of signs. And then also in Luke chapter 24, verses 50 through 53, where it says, And he led them out of uh, out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass, while he blessed them, that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. There's probably a number of things that were going through the apostles' minds when they were witnessing Jesus' ascension. That Jesus uh, had uh, left them standing in Bethany on the Mount of Olives, and while they were looking up into heaven, and then suddenly the passage says that there were two men in white apparel that uh, were standing beside them. We can gather that these were angels, just like the, um, the men in white apparel that appeared at the, uh, the tomb when Jesus was uh, resurrected. And these uh, angels said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? And they addressed the apostles as men of Galilee. When Jesus called the twelve together, eleven of them were from Galilee, and one was not. The one that was not was Judas Iscariot. And seeing he had taken his own life, he was no longer one of the apostles. And so when the angel said, men of Galilee... Why are you standing, gazing up into heaven? It just just wanted to bring that up about um, about this, and then why? Uh, another thing about their uh, asking, why are you standing, gazing in, up into heaven? Their work for spreading the gospel was eminently close to them needing to begin doing this. And so there's an urgency that needs to for them to begin their work. They still needed to go back to Jerusalem which was um, uh, we're not at that section of the passage but they will return to uh, to Jerusalem uh, uh, immediately afterwards of this. And the urgency was for them in returning to Jerusalem was to fulfill and, uh, the promise of the receipt of the getting the Holy Spirit. Then they say, after that, the same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will also come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Some or all of the apostles may have still been wondering to themselves, now what do we do? 
They know they're going to be going back to Jerusalem. They don't know what all is going to, to actually change in their lives. What shall we do? What would we do? Perhaps even with some loneliness and emptiness. Perhaps. But with this statement, the angels give them hope that Jesus will return again. And that uh, in that, be descending from heaven in the same way that he left in ascending to heaven. And so, before I ask four questions, we'll ask Joe to give some comments and then Denise. Well, I mean, statements here, I mean, just because they wanted him with them, just yeah. because they hated to see him go. Right. And the whole comments by, by the, these angels was the fact that just like they had no control, this was God's will that Jesus go into heaven. Right. And, and he was taken up. And in the same way, they have no control of when he's going to come back. Right. And so, you know, this is the point being made. Is, is, you know, this is God's will that's happening. This isn't a matter of what man wants things he needs. This is a matter of how God has set this in order, and Jesus has taken up into heaven and at his right hand, and this is what's going to happen. And he will come in the same way at God's time, when God's, when God's ready to right. for judgment upon the earth. And looking up into the sky is going to help. As you mentioned earlier, they have things to do. Yeah. 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 Thank so, you. Stop, stop looking into heaven. Don't spend your days staring at the sky. Yeah. Got other things to do. But the gospel. Back that it's God's power. It's yeah. Denise and then Carol. Well, from our reading in Luke, I mean, they worshiped, this is a carried about the heaven, and then they worshiped him, and when they returned to Jerusalem, it was with great joy. Yeah. And then they, they continued to go to the temple praising and blessing God. So, I mean, they, they did have purpose. I mean, they didn't just stand there. <laughs> Right. Thank you for bringing that part out, too, because that's important because the gospel is about salvation. It's remission of sins when we repent and when we obey. And there's great joy when we realize that we've been forgiven of our sins. And so they were going to be preaching that gospel. Carol. Okay. My question is, I think, is this the first time that the apostles were told that Jesus would come back in the clouds? I don't know. Anyone want to weigh in on that question? It's talked about later. We, we discovered that in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 5. Right. But, but I mean, Jesus promises that I think Carol brings up a good point in terms of the fact that they probably didn't understand. They, they knew that he was going to go to heaven. He talked about that like in John 6. Yeah. But he didn't talk about his return yet. So I think she brings up a valid point. From my understanding, I think that's the first time he mentioned his return. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So, you know, we have a lot of allusions to make it Clearly state that he is only going to come 
this case, he's not going to be with them physically, but he's going to be with them spiritually through the word that he's taught them, um, the commandments that he's given them from the Father, and everything that he's instructed them to do. And I mean, later in Acts, we'll see that even Jesus appears to, to Paul. Um, and so he's, he's always with them, and then we can take that to heart, knowing that he's always with us. And through this word, we're able to do exactly what he commanded them. And then and that goes dovetails in with what Joe's reminding us about about the yeah, that um, about the um, spiritual versus physical. That yeah, they were going to miss him uh, being with them physically, but spiritually, Jesus was going to continue to be with them. It wasn't uh, it wasn't just the the Holy Spirit guiding them. Jesus is going to be guiding them also. In that. So the four questions that I was going to ask about Yeah, a good comment, and again, we know in John chapter 1 that Jesus was with God in the beginning in creation, so he was at the right hand of God, and he came down to fulfill this purpose on God's time, as has been suggested in return. But what's interesting, and Denise brought up the fact that they returned with joy, and just sticking the Acts account, we know in the next section, they're going to go back, and they're going to pray. But they're ready, they're, they're confident, they're ready to fulfill what they had done. And, and again, when the angels suggest you know, make the statement. And that's an indicator too that you're good. You, you know what you need to do now. And because after that, there's no indication that doubt or concern or debate. Now they're going to start executing what they're prepared for. And all those lessons have been taught for three plus years. And all the things that Jesus did after the resurrection to finish their preparation. And now the fact that the Holy Spirit's come to help guide them, they're ready. And they're going to prove that in their actions throughout the book of Acts. That there's no wavering. There's no... They're going about and they're doing exactly what they were trained to do. Right. So, with uh, the, the final part of that statement about uh, from, from the, the angels there, um, about uh, that Jesus will return in the same way that he left uh, the clouds. Um, and, and what Joe was reminding us 